podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Before we get into a rebroadcast of what was a exciting live show on Spotify Greenroom, remember Bosco's Boys and the entire Sports Drink Network is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. If you get over there now and use promo code SPORTSDRINK, you are getting a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. With the NFL still in full swing, bowl games right around the corner, and college basketball really getting exciting, there has never been a better time to get over to MyBookie.ag. Remember, use promo code SPORTSDRINK for your 100% deposit match up to $1,000. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Basketballs are coming to town, basketballs are coming to town, basketballs are coming to town. Scott's making a list, Grant's checking it twice. They're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Boom, boom, boom. The boys are back. The boys are back for a Spotify Green Room live show. We're getting two shows in today. Going to get a little football talk in right now. And we will have basketball talk immediately after K-State Marquette game. Uh, We're not going to publish this on the feed until uh, Friday. So everyone will already know what happened in that game. But seeing some tweets from, uh, you know, wine. Looks like it's going to be a student turnout tonight, so it should be a fun game. But lots of football news has been going on. So uh, I figured might as well get a little show going, uh, talk some football. Before we do, remember, we're sponsored by Symbol. Symbol is the stock market for sports. Buy low, sell high. Profit off your sports knowledge. If you use promo code BOYS, your deposit up to $600 is risk-free. That means if you don't like it or the market's not for you, or if you lose money, you will get refunded 100%, no questions asked over at Symbol. And mybookie.ag, promo code SPORTSDRINK, up to $1,000 for new customers using promo code SPORTSDRINK, 100% deposit match. All sorts of great NFL all sorts of college bowl games, college basketball, NBA, everything over at my bookie. Looks like we got a pretty good crowd already showing up. I'm going to invite some folks up to chat some K-State football. Lots of big news going on. Uh, new presumed leader uh, in the offensive coordinator race. We got some uh, more attrition transfers going out, rumors of transfers coming in. Uh, lots and lots and lots to talk about. Uh, let's just start off. We'll, we'll just start off with the biggest question. Uh, we haven't had a live show since uh, Courtney Messingham 
was relieved of his duties along with Coach Jason Ray. So uh, we'll just kind of get everyone's instant reaction to that. We're going to start off with my guy, Nick. Nick, happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays to you. Um, just tell me, what was your reaction when the news dropped that Coach Messingham and Coach Jason Ray were relieved of their coaching duties? Yes, yeah, same to you, Scott. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, you know, I kind of saw it coming just because of how stale the offense was. Um, I know the stats prove, you know, he's just above average offensive coordinator, but I I saw it coming, and I'm kind of glad to put some new fresh blood into that offense. And then Jason Ray, I mean, it same as him, just saw it coming. So also wanted to say I'm just trying to provide good, good. Uh, I guess I wouldn't say ratings, but just some good credit to you guys, you know, getting you guys boosted on that poll on Twitter today. So no hard feelings. It was just I wish you would have gotten more credit. That's all. Well, I, I, I enjoy it, Nick. Uh, Bosco's Boys was honored as the number 24 Twitter account by the KSU panel of experts on Twitter. We enjoy, uh, you know, everything that happens on email, Twitter. And uh, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll take being in the top 25 amongst uh, this community that we have anytime. So I appreciate the love, Nick, and I appreciate all the uh, boneheads. I, I appreciate the community we've built. It's, it's a lot of fun. It makes nights like this a lot of fun where we're going to be going live with our sponsor, Spotify Green Room, twice in one night. We're going to the good chef, the good chef, Andre Napier. What was your reaction when the news dropped about Courtney Messingham and Jason Ray? Uh, give me your reaction then, and what's your reaction now as the uh, search is starting? Daddy. Merry Christmas, Scott. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't – I mean, there was the, the whole campaign, hashtag fire Messingham, and I, I'm going to be honest, I was late on that train. I wasn't sure who we would get as offensive coordinator. Obviously, you alluded to it. Leaders in the clubhouse – I'm still not too sold on all of that. Colin Klein getting his shot at it, but Messingham, he'll be missed somewhat. I mean, he was weird in third quarters towards the end. Obviously, I didn't know of how deep it went with the players being upset with how the offense was being ran. Um, obviously, we saw with Hal transferring out. I mean, that was probably a big reason for it. Um, will we get fresh blood? Um, a new style. I don't think climbing will ever get away from kind of that a gap run it right at you style, but um, just a new scenery. And, you know, you guys have never been Ray fans and he was kind of the guy on the offense, the young blood that I thought would recruit, but he didn't do shit. So good riddance to him. Um, but all in all, Messingham, He'll be missed a little bit. Yeah, I think ultimately, um, I think ultimately it came down to the players lo- losing confidence in mess, and that's ultimately why it ended up happening. Um, we're going to go out to California, the California kid, Cali Mike. What was your reaction when the news dropped? Um, and just kind of any uh, eulogy from Mess or Ray, if you will. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was a little shocked. Um, that it happened. Uh, and, you know, I think the biggest thing is that I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for Kleiman 
you know, that's that, I guess that's what happens when you hire your friends and they, they don't uh, deliver. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, we talk about the stats for Messingham, you know, being above average. And I'm really wondering how much that Texas game really took, took him to the wire. And basically Kleiman's like, I just can't, can't do this anymore. Cause you know, I think it was basically those third and short, the fourth and one calls that, you know, just calling stupid plays uh, that sank him. Um, but you know, I have, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, we have an opportunity here to really, to really uh, up our game as far as the offense goes. And it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for like a whole new look offense and we'll see what we get. Yeah. I, I think you might be disappointed if you want a new look offense, but uh, I, there is something you said that I want to touch on and I want to give credit to coach Kleiman because I think a lot of the issue, at least late in the Bill Snyder era was his ability not to move on from coaches who probably he needed to move on from coach Kleiman just fired one of his childhood best friends. So I don't think we have to have that worry with this staff that I think some folks may have started to have. Um, We'll go to Aaron next. Aaron, what's your take on the move? What would you like to see happen? Were you surprised that ultimately happened? Or did you think, hey, you know, it took them long enough to find. Yeah, thanks, Scott. I would say I was pleasantly surprised. You know, honestly, I I didn't see it coming. I mean, obviously, I think something had to change in the offseason, whether it was a you know, change in strategy or, or philosophy. But, you know, ultimately, I think Kleiman knew deep down it, it had to happen. You know, if you listen to the press conference after the Texas game, uh, he, he knew, I think, in that moment, you know, what had to happen. Uh, but I was still surprised, right? To your point, you know, I don't think we're going to get some, you know, five wide, you know, air raid type of offense in there. I just I don't think that's ever going to be, you know, our brand of football. And that's okay. But I think that Kleiman, you know, given Colin Klein a, a fair a fair chance, I think is a good thing. Um, with that said, I'm still not a believer in Klein for, for a variety of reasons, but I do think that Kleiman is, is going to give him a chance uh, and see what he can do. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's interesting. I, I kind of referenced this at top. All the momentum is starting to sound like Colin Klein is – uh, has a lot of support of the players. And I think ultimately that's what did mess in. I think the players lost confidence in them. And that's ultimately why uh, Kleiman made the move. Now, Kleiman is the ultimate players coach. If Klein is loved by the players during bowl prep, if he goes all the way to the bowl game, lets him call the bowl game while you know the search is still going and we have a good game, I easily could see it happening. I personally don't want to see it happen. I don't think... That is the right move, but you know what? I'm I'm going to continue to trust Kleiman, uh, you know, and uh, buy in no matter who the offensive coordinator is because you know basically I'm a sucker. But we'll go to Joey next. Joey, what? Give me your reaction to that. Do you have a thought on Klein as a full time OC? Is there another name that's been floating around that you'd like to see? Just kind of walk me through your thoughts when it comes to this offensive coordinator position. Yeah, I, I'm not going to miss Courtney Messingham. I'm not the type of person who really wants to cheer for anybody to lose their job, frankly, and, and it kind of hurts to want that sometimes as a fan. Um, but I do think it's the right decision for the program, and I, I respect Klein a lot more for him having done that, knowing the relationship that he has with Messingham, um, and probably Jason Ray, too, to whatever extent it is. But 
Um, I do, I will say, I do like this Brian Lee pack that's kind of stepped in for the tight ends and fullbacks and his tweet this morning about looking for dudes who would go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and bring the tartar sauce with them. Like, hell yeah, that's the kind of energy I want to bring to, uh, well, to state recruiting. <laughs> he, he like went straight to the top of like, okay, you know, if, uh, if Grant's going full fledged fire mess, tweeting at, Gene Taylor about uh, crack rocks and all that type of stuff that didn't get us blacklisted from university stuff. I'm going to try to get, you know, Brian Lee back on the pod uh, this summer because I, I love the energy and I do think that he is going to, I, it, nothing is a done deal until it's a done deal, but everything I've been told, everything I've read in the tea leaves, he is going to be a permanent coach on the coaching staff this upcoming year. And I think it kind of goes to what chef was talking about, about how we all wanted Jason Ray to be this young buck who was going out on the uh, road recruiting, just someone who connected, you know, that's what Lee pack lives for. That's what he breathes for. He is a recruiter. So I think if he's on the full-time staff, that is going to be an upgrade. So I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, Joey, uh, continue on. No, you're good. And, and I think to answer your question about Klein, I, I, I don't know if I've seen enough from Klein to really warrant, wanting him to be the OC at this point, mostly just because of, I think it was 2018. He was co-offensive coordinator with, uh, with Andre Coleman. And it was still, I mean, that was the year Snyder got fired. And, and I, I think there are still questions about how much was Snyder really doing uh, as far as play calling and stuff is concerned. I, I, I don't know how much of that was, was Klein or Coleman or Snyder when it came down to it, but uh, I don't know how I feel about Klein as, as OC full-time. I feel like maybe he could, in a, in a co-offensive coordinator capacity, get by on it, but but I don't think I've seen enough from him yet personally. I'd, I'd like to see him maybe go off somewhere else, kind of like Sean Snyder did, and, and see him have an impact somewhere else and then come back and be an OC at some point. But right now I haven't seen quite enough from him to, to really know if I could trust him as the play caller. And, and frankly, from a QB development standpoint, I don't know that we've seen enough from him as well uh, with the QBs that we have on the roster side from Skyler. So that's kind of where I'm at with, with Klein. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. And I think ultimately that's where I land. Uh, if, if I was making the decision to clear something up, because I think I probably just didn't use my words very well. We are not necessarily blacklisted from anything. I haven't attempted to get anyone from K-State on since the summer. And everyone remembers what was going on this summer uh, with conference realignment. Shit got crazy. That's why we haven't had anyone on from the university in a long time. We're not blacklisted. Uh, just it's been a wild it's been a wild few months, so I, I, I probably uh, didn't use my words correctly. I was trying to make a joke about, you know, Grant's uh, uh, tweets, you know, during football season, which everyone loves. If I had a dollar for every time someone was texting me, just talking to me, and being like, oh, man, Grant is the funniest guy on Twitter, uh, I would be a very rich man. So, no, we're not blacklisted. Grant is great on Twitter. I don't want him to ever change. So I just wanted to... Clear that up because I saw it in the chat. We're not blacklisted. Grant didn't do anything wrong. Grant is the funniest dude on Twitter. I, I thought he was on here tonight. He must not have. But let's go to Dallas. Dallas, my favorite country music star. Uh, my dude, first off, how's your holiday season going? And then second, first off, how's your holiday tell me season anything going? about, you know, the offensive coordinator Tell me anything search. about, you know, the offensive coordinator search. Any of your thoughts? Sorry, I'm it's going good. Uh, your thoughts. It's going. Sorry, I'm hearing myself back out. It's going really good. The uh, the 
the holidays have been wild. I've been keeping busy and everything. But, uh, yeah, I was really, really pleased to see uh, Climate actually pull the trigger and let mess go. Uh, not, not that, yeah, not that you're looking for anybody to lose their job or anything, but I was pretty happy with it. The uh, the inability, I don't know if it was a lack, like if it was a inability or if it was an unwillingness to just coach fluidly and sorry, I'm behind the wheel right now. I'm going to the Marquette game and I'm rolling up to the stadium. Okay, I'm parked. <laughs> but I don't know if it was an inability to coach fluidly to do the uh, – I don't know. It, it, it seemed like he couldn't ever make the right decision in the right – in the big-time moments, he couldn't ever win the game in the big-game moments, and a lot of them were just kind of inexcusable, a lot, a lot like the Texas call – like the Texas game. But uh, Jason Ray, uh, I, I don't know. I guess you just don't see anything from any, – any improvement from the wide receivers – I'm really excited to see. I'm really excited slash scared shitless to see Colin take the take the wheel at, at OC for the bowl game. I'm pretty pretty excited, and I don't know if I need to be scared or excited about it. But I mean, here's here's the good thing. Uh, LSU I mean, losing here's, dudes here's the good thing. Left and uh, right. LSU's losing dudes. Uh, left I'm gonna and have right. to. Uh, sorry, I, I D- Dallas for whatever reason I kept getting an echo off you. I had to take you off the stage. You can get back on here later if you want. Uh, the echo is just killing me. Um, I, here's the good thing. LSU is losing dudes left and right to the transfer portal, opting out. I think this is a very winnable game, and it's a spot where Klein can shine if he does want to uh, go for that job full time. So it'll be interesting to keep up, and who knows? Maybe they'll – I mean, that's still over a month or about a month out. They can make a different hire. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll go to Chris. Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, mess out a uh, handful of contenders seemingly in the picture. What would you like to see, and what were your thoughts when the announcement finally came? Yeah, I would have to say I was I was pleased um, that the Texas game was officially me jumping on the bandwagon of the fire mess train. Um, I, I I was pretty I w- I was okay with them, but the Texas game probably like a lot of others was kind of the final straw that was uh, the play calling and that just had me over the edge and I was all aboard uh, the fire mess train. So I was pleased with it. I think he's a decent enough coach. I think he does a lot of good things uh, schematically. Uh, but I think overall his play calling was really inconsistent and you could see it in the Texas game. I mean, I don't know if it's him just trying to outthink himself or what, but uh, I mean, third and one, fourth and one, it really isn't that hard. It really is just getting your guys to beat their guys, whether that's a quarterback sneak or a fullback dive, or I don't know, but whatever he was calling, not those plays. Um, So uh, I think it was needed. Um, I think it'll be, a good change. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure who I really want at OC, but um, I think it'll be, it'll be just good. Just have a new face. Even if uh, whoever we get um, has similar like statistics to mess. Uh, I think that's fine. I think uh, it'll, the players will probably um, embrace the new change. Um, and so whether that's Colin Klein, if he ends up uh, 
shine, being a shining star in the bowl game, maybe he gets the job or maybe we look uh, elsewhere uh, to some other candidates. But I think it was, um, I think it was a good. Yeah, I, I, I think ultimately it needed to happen. Um, I, I, I really am. If I could sign up right now for all the advanced stats to stay the same, I would 100%. Uh, I don't know if I'm in the minority or majority with that, but uh, I, I would sign up for it right now. But ultimately, I think what you said and what everyone has been saying, the situational stuff, the, you know, third quarter issues, and then ultimately, you know, the third and fourth down calls late versus Texas did them in. And I think it's funny because my dad and I talked about this while it happened. We got a horrible spot before that third down you know, oh. where we went wildcat, we, we picked it up. What's wild to me to think is, you know, if you get the correct spot or if it's challenged and we get the first down, Mess might still be the offensive coordinator because I ultimately think not finding a way to win that Texas game is what did him in, at least amongst the players. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because as, as I was watching the game, like I thought we had the first down and like when we didn't get when we didn't get it, we got stuff. I was like, wait a second, what just happened? I was like, how did we not get the first down on the third down play? Um, so that, that was, yeah, that was wild. I, and I was heated about that, um, not getting the spot. And then we didn't get it. And then the play call. So yeah, it was, that, it was, but it's funny that you mentioned that up and bring that up. Cause if he's never in that scenario, if we had that first down, who's to say we don't go down and drive and score and, you know, a butterfly effect situation there. Yeah, it it is wild. You know, on a different timeline, Mess is still the offensive coordinator and Matt Campbell's gone and, you know, things are have a lot of fun on Twitter. But no, we'll go to my guy, Joel. Joel, I know you were someone who is very happy to see Courtney Messingham go. Walk me through uh, when you found that out and what do you want to see Climb and do with that hire for OC? Yeah, so yeah, I'm super glad we didn't get that alternate timeline. I have, since day one, when I saw Climb and got hired, I really haven't been a Courtney Messingham fan. I, I mean, I understand the offense and it works and the stats kind of back him up a little bit, but golly, he's so bad. I mean, I know Deuce is good. You know Deuce is good. My grandma knows Deuce is good. What makes you think the D coordinator doesn't know that Deuce is freaking good? Like, come on. So, yeah, you put him in a wildcat, you think he's not going to run the ball, get out of here. Um, so, yeah, super happy he's gone. I'm, I've been over him for – What's he been like here for three years? Felt like 30. Um, Colin Klein, I hope he does well to win us the bowl game. I hope he's not the OC. Nothing against him personally. Just I think it's time to get some new blood in there. Hopefully it's not that Polisek guy from Wyoming. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and just in one defense for Tim Polisek from Wyoming, and again, it's it's – I don't have a lot to go off of when trying to defend him as a candidate, but he is a uh, thought of as a very good recruiter and he did improve Wyoming's offense by 10 points in the F plus offensive advanced statistics ratings. But granted that's taking them from like 190. So again, I 100%, I'm not going to, if he's the higher, I'm not going to be on a street corner with a sign that says respect Tim Polisek, because I think that would be kind of a uh, disappointing job or choice, at least until we started seeing what he could do recruiting wise. 
Yeah, I think the um, Ask Coach feature on Madden is probably a better play caller than both Mess and Polisek, <laughs> maybe combined. So that's where I'm. You, you know, I, uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can say anything to combat that. I, I like it. Uh, and man, I, I, I love, I love hearing Joel. That, that's my uh, one of my favorite parts of the week is talking to Joel. Let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, you know, transfer portal. Um, we, we're going to go up until the uh, K-State Marquette game as long as folks want to be here and chat in the lead-up to that. Uh, so what I first want to talk about is the whole uh, will-they-won't-they-get-a-quarterback and then specifically Adrian Martinez. So the first question I'm going to ask everyone, do we need a transfer quarterback or do we want to roll with a combination of Will Howard, Jaron Lewis, Jake Rubley next year? And then the second question is, do you want it to be Adrian Martinez? Would you take him right now? He was at K-State last weekend. He was going out to visit Cal this week. I think he's out in Berkeley right now. Then I think I read somewhere that the coach that originally recruited him out of high school is now the head coach at Fresno State. I think he's a California kid. I'm not 100% sure. Everyone knows the connection. His uh, girlfriend is the leading scorer on the K-State soccer team. Um I think they would make a great power couple at K-State. I think right now you ask me, I take him. But let's hear what you guys have to say. Let's start this time with the good chef, Andre Napier. Uh, what what would you like to see? Well, I obviously think that we need to bring somebody in, whether that's Adrian Martinez, um, that's to be seen. I don't know what the quarterback landscape is because obviously he has connections to K-State. I mean, that's always a plus. Um, grabbing these guys. I mean, every quarterback that transfers and puts their name in the portal, I mean, that's the first thing you see, oh, come to K-State. I mean, but some of these guys just won't fit. Um, but we do need a older guy to come in and kind of like bridge the gap because, I mean, we throw it to Will and we've seen kind of what he can do. I'm a big Will fan. I mean, I just I just like him as a, as a player. He owns up to whatever he does on the field in postgame. Um, and we haven't seen Jake Rubley. He has the pedigree, but realistically, we need a guy to kind of bridge that gap. And especially if we're bringing in a new OC, we kind of need somebody with a learning curve that knows, has experience on the field and isn't just learning on the fly. Um, but I will say, um, the, we we're talking about Fresno state and Adrian Martinez, the, guy that was supposed to transfer to Washington that was a big-time recruit to follow his coach to Washington actually retracted his name and is staying at Fresno State. I just saw that like maybe 30 seconds ago, which is kind of crazy. So I don't know. Um, is Adrian Martinez ours? If he is, I'll take him. Yeah, that, that's that's great insight. I, I think that they're – I think Cal uh, was always going to be a bit more of a uh, – uh, challenge in Fresno State um, in that instance, but I think Fresno State's QB sticking around uh, is good if you are a fan of Adrian Martinez. Let's go to Nick next. Nick, are you someone who wants to bring in a transfer quarterback, and if you do, are you sold on it being Adrian Martinez, or would you prefer to roll the dice and find someone? I I think that it is it'll be beneficial if we get another if we get a transfer just for the sake of giving Howard and Rubley 
and Jaron Lewis another year to develop because um, obviously we've seen what uh, they can do when they're on the field without Skyler. Um, I I think I'm going to roll the dice with Adrian Martinez, just the fact that he is a passer and a runner. Um, I think if, say, potential scenario here, if Klein is the new OC next year, um, I for could very well see that Klein could kind of shape him into a mini Klein, like a Klein 2.0 kind of pass runner, kind of tough mentality kid. I mean, he's got the veteran experience. He's got the, you know, just the starting experience, I guess you say. So I, I'm going to roll the dice with him. Yeah, this is going to be super callous of me to say, and uh, this is going to, you know, this is not the best human thing I've ever said. But, you know, if you bring in Adrian Martinez for one year, I'm not going to have any sort of disposition to running him, you know, 20 times a game and risk him, you know, getting banged up. I don't have that emotional connection to him. I don't have this, you know, big uh, love for him like I did, uh, you know, Skyler or even Will, you know, a guy who chose us out of high school where I'd feel bad if I saw him, you know, trying to run the ball 20 times and getting pounded on. So, you know, if we need to bring Adrian Martinez in as a one-year mercenary to try to get to the next thing, I'm completely fine with it. Um, we'll go to Cali Mike out there in California. Uh, are you going to go over to Berkeley and try to give, get the inside scoop on how his visit over? I think, you know, that's a good idea. I did hear that he was visiting Cal uh, yesterday. And so, you know, uh, just given all the discussion out here, um, kind of makes sense that I'd be the scout, huh? So, uh, yeah, I should probably head over there. Um, what I'm going to say about this guy, though, um, <clears throat> is, you know, as everyone has noticed, he is kind of an interception machine. Uh, and, you know, I didn't watch all the Nebraska games, so I'm not going to be able to tell you why. But that's essentially what we have going on here with Howard, in a way, in my opinion. So, like, you're going you're gonna to get a guy who has a little bit more experience than Howard who might throw picks just as often. Um, but that's not to say that Howard is our guy. I think that we do need a transfer quarterback. I'm not convinced that Martinez is the guy. I think there's some other dudes out on the market right now that maybe we can pull them in. Um, but my biggest concern right now is that um, – you know, Howard and Lewis and, you know, we don't know anything about Rubley, but Howard and Lewis are just not ready to go. And that kills me because you look at all these other true freshman quarterbacks and the other big 12 teams and they're out there slinging the ball. What the hell is wrong with our guys that are in the program one to two years and they can't do it. Like we just, they can't step up. So that's a big concern. Um, so we definitely need a transfer to bridge the gap. Yeah, so uh, a couple things. First, I want to give a shout-out to Jesus in the chat. He had a great call-out talking about, uh, you know, how the O-line is going to be much better at K-State uh, if it is Adrian Martinez. And I think that will cut down on his turnovers because Adrian Martinez was hit on 45% of his uh, pass attempts. Try, try to conceptualize that. 45% of the time he dropped back, he was getting hit. So getting a better offensive line is going to open stuff up for him. Um, so I, I think that is a uh, big thing to keep him on with Adrian Martinez. And something that you said, uh, you know, Mike, that is a good call. You see these young guys able to uh, make these plays uh, in the passing game at other Big 12 schools. This is something where 
I this is what I would like to see with an offensive coordinator change. I don't think we're going to see it because ultimately I think Klein or Kleiman wants to run the system that he has in mind. But we have a lot of option routes with our wide receivers. We have a lot of longer developing plays. We have a lot of check with me, audible at the line type stuff in our passing game, which makes it tough for quarterbacks to uh, really get in a rhythm. And, you know, you see Texas Tech, you see KU, uh, you even see Texas. A lot of it is one read, quick outs, quick slants, and that's how they're doing it. Um, Should we move to that? I don't know, but when you have young quarterbacks who obviously can't, uh, you know, read these option routes, and we've seen it. We've seen it with Howard. We saw it with Lewis. They can't read those option routes. So I think you need to make some sort of change. I hope they do, um, but that's just my two cents on that. We'll move on to Joey. Joey, uh, do you want to find a transfer quarterback? Do you want to roll the dice with the three young guys? And then if it is going to be Adrian Martinez, are you on board with that? Or would you re- con- or would you prefer to continue to try to find some? I think I'm on board with it for a couple reasons. And, and the first of which is totally selfish of me, but I'd like for him to have more success at K-State than at Nebraska. Personally, um, I would like for him to be able to go to a bowl game and win like Cade Warner was saying. So we've got that connection too, which is working out for us. But um, I think as far as what, what you're saying about him getting hit on 45% of his on his dropbacks, like that honestly just kind of reminds me of Mahomes in the Super Bowl this past year where he didn't have a good offensive line. He was trying to make things happen and just couldn't do it, wasn't getting the help. And so maybe maybe having that offensive line, I think it was Jesus that had that 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 call out there. Um, that's I mean, I think that's a complete game changer for someone like that. So yeah, he could be a turnover machine. I think the offensive line could could play a big role in that. Um, but I also think maybe just getting in a new system and having some more discipline. Uh, could help him. So uh, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but but I'm currently in favor of it. I think he's better than the options we have right now. Uh, and it gives someone like Jake Rubley someone else to learn under and and be more of an understudy. He's seen Skylar Thompson now for, for a season, uh, and it could be interesting to see, you know, someone in, in the quarterback role who uh, is a starter who maybe has a little different style, a little different flair, uh, in a different way of managing the game could be interesting for someone like Rubley, who I do think will be the future, but isn't obviously quite there yet. Yeah, I just, the... just want to inject real quick. I mean, just, uh, we talk about the O-line and Adrian Martinez uh, coming in and his O-line vastly improving, but for next year, are we even sure that our O-line is going to be better than it is this year? I mean, that's just a question that I have because we're losing, like, I don't know, four starters probably. I don't know if it will be better than it is this year, at least not early on, but it will be better than what you saw from Oklahoma or from Nebraska. You got to keep in mind that, you know, Taylor Poitier was poised to take over that job from Ben Adler, got hurt in fall ball. You have Hanley Panzer, who was looking great anytime he was out on the field. He's going to be penciled in as a starter. You're still going to have Cooper Beebe. Um, you know, you're, Duffy is still going to be around. I I would like to see us move on from Duffy if possible, but you're going to have all these young offensive linemen. Like, you know, you got Andrew line gang, who's going to have another year in the program. So I I think that will it be better than it was this year? Uh, Probably not. And again, there were times during the year where the offensive line was not great, but it was vastly better than what Nebraska was putting out there week in week out. So 
that's just my two cents on that. You can feel free to disagree with it if you want, but I think we're going to have a, you know, a, you know, average to slightly above average offensive line uh, at the start of the year. And by the end of the year, I think it'll be pretty salty. Uh, we'll go to Chris. Chris, you've been kind of our quarterback guru, uh, you know, coming into the season, always kind of playing the game. All right. What they is Skylar Thompson better than that guy. Did a couple games of is Will Howard better than that guy. What would you think about Adrian Martinez? Yeah. Um, not exactly sure. I think he's probably the type of quarterback that we would be able to land um, as opposed to some of the other ones. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to keep track of who's all transferring and whatnot, but I think uh, that would be the type of level of quarterback that we could uh, get. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, I haven't watched, I've watched, I've watched a little bit of Nebraska and Adrian Martinez, but not close enough to, uh, kind of give a fair assessment for him I know I, I know his statistics and he turns the ball over a lot but um I mean it, it's at Nebraska and they run some different stuff so um and it's hard to tell uh, I guess the only thing I would be concerned about is sometimes in a, when a quarterback has been uh hurried and pressured that many times that kind of sticks with them uh so say if he did come to K-State and his protection is better sometimes quarterbacks that are so used to getting pressured and pressured they kind of have happy feet and they'll leave the pocket even when uh, the pocket is clean so um, I worry a little bit about that but I think good coaching can clean that up and fix that so I'm not really sure I think ideally obviously I think you would want your your quarterbacks that you do have to one of them to take the reins but obviously um, if we're actively recruiting Martinez uh, that kind of shows you the confidence level the coaches have in the current quarterback room um, and I probably would say that's probably more of a, an indictment on Will Howard than anyone else um, which, which is disappointing I, I kind of feel for Will Howard a little bit uh, I think he has the potential to grow but um, I don't know uh, so we'll see I think it, whatever we they decide to do I'm for um, I don't know if Adrian Martinez is the answer or what but um, we'll see Yep, I, I think that's fair. I, I will say this in defense of Jake Rubley. Kid didn't get a senior year of high school football, uh, bounced from Colorado, tried to find a home in Iowa, got ruled ineligible, and then was completely out of uh, the game, got hurt right at the beginning of fall camp. So I'm not, I'm not willing to hit the eject button on Jake Rubley. I, I think it might be there for Will Howard. Uh, maybe if you get a one guy – uh, a one-year stopgap, let Will Howard and Jake Rubley fight it out the following year. I think that's probably what I would like to see, but we will see what happens. Um, yeah. We'll go. Oh, go yeah. So, uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out on uh, Jake Rubley either. I just, uh, um, I, I think he'll be good. It's just, um, you just kind of wish uh, someone would step up, but I think maybe Rubley needs another year, uh, a gap year, and that's probably why they or want to bring in a transfer is just someone to bridge to grab before he takes, takes over. So I think I, I, I still have hopes up on. For sure. We'll go to Joel next. Joel uh, thoughts on bringing in a transfer quarterback. If so, do you want it to be Adrian Martinez? Do you want to keep recruiting, try to find someone else? Give me your, give me your thoughts. Uh, yeah. Before I get into that, I, I do want to say I, I'm fully behind Jake Rubley. I think he can be a very good quarterback. I have been hearing some rumblings that him not playing last year was maybe the best thing 
that could have happened for his recruitment. Um, some people are kind of saying that his Colorado competition wasn't very good and maybe that made him look better, but what do I know? Um, when it comes to Adrian Martinez, I would love the dude. He's got a rocket launcher. Um, he's, he's pretty quick. And I think like an underrated part about him is how big of a social media pull this guy has. He is verified on every social media platform. I think he's got like 45,000 Twitter followers. That's something that K-State needs on top of a good quarterback, but just like a brand name guy that can help us. In- I think Jake Rubley has like 100,000 on TikTok though, right? No, that's Seth Porter. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so another thing about uh, Adrian Martinez, the all-time leading uh, total offense uh, at Nebraska. So you think about all those option quarterbacks that they used to have. Adrian Martinez has more total yards than any of them. We'll go out to Aaron. Aaron, welcome back. Um, just give me your thoughts on quarterbacks. What do you want to see from, uh, you know, this offseason? Do you want to roll with the three young guys? Do you want to bring a transfer in? If we're going to bring a transfer in, do you want to take Adrian Martinez or do you want to play the field? Yeah, thanks, Scott. So so I'd like to see us bring in Adrian Martinez for the simple reason that, you know, our coaching staff, for, for a lot of reasons, has proven that recruiting the transfer portal, I think, is one of our strong suits. You know, I'd like to see us double and triple down on on efforts and staffing and resources to transfer portal recruiting. You know, for whatever reason, um, whether it's small schools, big schools, we really seem to hit it, you know, hit it out of the park on these transfer portal guys. I think Adrian Martinez could could be another guy in the quarterback room that we hit on. Again, what's the downside, right? He comes in, he turns the ball over a few times. We've seen that over and over with Will Howard. There's no downside, only upside. So I'm I'm all in on that. You know, the transfer portal, I think it's it's not going away. We need to embrace it and like I said, put resources against it. You know, you see schools like Florida State sending people to Norman, Oklahoma to actively recruit players that they know are available because of, you know, coaching changes and whatever else. I'd like to see us do that. Maybe not at a big level like that, but at those smaller schools, you know, the mid to, you know, mid to uh, smaller universities, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there in the transfer portal. So yeah, let's, let's go for it. I think that's a great call. I I think that, uh, you know, if, if I was a billionaire, you know, if if I was K-State's T Boone, I definitely would, would be going to Gene Taylor, Chris Kleiman, basically saying, hey, here's $200,000 a year. I want you to hire two full-time analysts that they're, the only thing that they're doing is transfer portal stuff. You know, that is the uh, that is 100% something I'd be doing if I had, you know, T-Boone type money. Um, we're going to go to an outsider. We got Mike K in here. Uh, judging by the profile, uh, he's fr- he's up in Detroit. Are you a Wolverine fan? Are you happy to see your boys in the playoffs? Of course, man. Of course, man. I'm a Michigan alum, and it's funny. I I love K State. You know, I I've always uh, I've always enjoyed them. Uh, it's uh, it's funny. Um, you know, I, I'm listening to you guys talk a lot. And I love college football. I, I mean, it's there's nothing that compares to college football. One thing that you guys hit on. But it doesn't even have to be. I've watched Adrian Martinez play for God. I mean, it feels like he's been there for eight years. But, um, you know, I, I think the quarterback position, you know, you really don't have to recruit anymore because with this new with this new transfer world, there's going to be an abundance of starting caliber players. And, and, and I think, you know, the nice thing about 
this I think it's going to even out the you know the powers the Alabamas the the big schools because you can there's only one quarterback can play at a time and I think you're going to see a lot and I think that you're starting to see some of this stuff shake out now but even especially with these coaching changes you'll see a few more but I mean you really don't have to necessarily you're going to see that position be almost a free agency and you know I wanted to get your guys' opinion on where do you think the Big 12 goes when Texas and Oklahoma – I mean, I, could, I really feel like you guys can step up and be a power. I don't know if the, who they've said who can possibly replace them. I know there's a few, but, I mean, what do you guys – I mean, I mean, do you feel like you're just the quarterback? I loved watching Deuce Vaughn this year. Uh, him and, him and uh, I have a guy almost exactly like him and Blake Corum. I mean, they're very, very similar how they play. But like, do you feel like you're going to – you know, you're going to, you're going to really step up and take the lead with Baylor and, and maybe perhaps with Oklahoma state. Cause I feel like you guys are just, just a few players away quarterback position in particular. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's a great call out. I, I, I think uh, BYU and Cincinnati are going to have something to say about that, especially if fickle sticks around at Cincinnati. But I do think in, in the new world, post Oklahoma, post Texas, it, it is going to be interesting to see who rises to the top. Uh, we got a big basketball game versus Marquette showing up, so we'll kind of make that the uh, we'll make that the closing statement. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get everyone's closing take, and we'll use that question. Um, we, we saw our first Big Twelve championship game without Oklahoma since the championship game came back. We'll just get everyone's best guess at who's going to fill that power vacuum here in a couple years when they leave. So we're going to start with uh, the good chef. Chef, who is going to fill that power vacuum when Oklahoma and Texas leave? Well, the homer in me wants to say K-State. But, I mean, Oklahoma State, steady coach, Gundy, he's not going anywhere, even though we all kind of assumed maybe this was the hot seat year. And then he shut Um, us all up by beating. I know, he kind of. And talk about about fucking around with one yard to go. They punch that in, they're in the playoff, and then, you know, Kirk Herbstreit isn't getting to act, you know, all high and mighty. But, yeah, oh, man, how would you like to be an Oklahoma State fan right now? But I I didn't mean to cut you off, but it was Oh, no, you're fine, buddy. We all were saying, hey, this might be the year they go 7-5 and and fire Gundy, and then now he has a lifetime confidence. Yeah, I mean, it, it's brutal. That was their 98 Big 12 championship. I mean, it's just brutal how what they had to go through. But, um, I mean, Oklahoma State's going to be steady for, God, it seems like forever, and they're going to be here. Um, if Aranda can stay with Baylor, I mean, they're going to be tough for a long time. And and then you got to look at teams, like you were saying, BYU, Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati – they're investing in their athletics here in Ohio. And it's, I mean, it's scary, especially because Fickle, I've been saying it forever, Fickle's not leaving Cincinnati for any other job other than Ohio State. And that's the only way he's going to leave Cincinnati. And he's going to be a problem at Cincinnati. Um, BYU, I think they're going to end up losing their coach, I think maybe to Oregon. Um, that's kind of crazy. Um, and I, I, like Scott always says, Neil Brown at West Virginia, if he, I mean, if he can stick around and survive the bullets, he, he's going to get, to get him fired next year. We need to yeah, get Neil Brown sure. fired next Because, I mean, he fits their culture so well. And I know I listen to a lot of West Virginia podcasts and they, they're on the fence about him, but I think he fits perfectly and he recruits his ass off in the South, bringing players to West Virginia. I think they're going to be an issue 
going forward if he can survive. And I think this is the year that if we don't get him out, because um, we're the Grim Reapers of the Big 12, if we don't get him out, um, he might he might lead that turn that ship around and it'll be trouble for us for a while. I love it. We'll go to Callie Mike. Callie Mike, who's going to fill the power vacuum? Um, I think, you know, I agree with Chef. Uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor, they don't really have any reason to regress, um, unfortunately. You know, I hate Baylor more than any other team, honestly. Um, so that sucks. But, you know, I do think that um, it'll be interesting to get Cincinnati and BYU in there. But, you know, I think we definitely have a, a role to play here. I think that we have some tradition um, I think Kleiman is the right guy to do it. Um, and I think we can step in and become that leader. I love it. We'll go to Joey. Joey, who do you think is going to fill the power back? I, I almost think that my answer now is maybe different than it would have been even just two weeks ago with, with some of the coaching searches and, and stuff that's happened recently. I feel like in some cases, the teams that have more money, so maybe the BYUs, the the TCUs, and the Baylors, the private institutions in, in the mix, they may have something to say about kind of filling the power vacuum if they can find better coaches. That that say, I think TCU kind of fumbled their hire being Sonny Dykes. But, you know, well, is, not only did they fumble, I didn't, I don't, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Oh, not only good. did they fumble getting Sonny Dykes, but then they are filling their staff with former Bryles folks when TCU is acting all high and mighty and above, you know, you know, rapport. And then you just look out in West Texas. Look, I don't know if, and I don't even know his freaking name because, uh, because, you know, he, Joey he McGuire. Yeah. Joey, Joey McGuire. McGuire. So I don't know anything about Joey McGuire, McGuire, but the staff he's putting together out in West Texas is it, it's got me a little, a little scared to see, what they might turn into. So I'm much more afraid of Texas tech in the next uh, two to five years than I am TCU. Totally. And, and I think the point that I'm trying to make here is, is more so around the precedent that's now been set with Lincoln Riley and, and, and Brian Kelly, I feel like goes to, it goes to more of the point of teams that will have money. Now, I think, could potentially make better hires. Obviously, Texas has has failed at that. TCU failed at that this round. But you look at Baylor, and they've got Dave Aranda, and they can keep him around in a cycle where he probably was one of the top three to five guys that a lot of these schools are looking for. And it's not to say Oregon may not still hire him, but Baylor has enough money to where they can keep a guy like Dave Aranda around and pay him a decent amount. Um, so I think my answer now is maybe a little different than it would have been before, just knowing some of the coaching changes that have happened recently. That said, I think from a tradition perspective and, and knowing who has done a good job of building up their facilities and things like K-State and maybe Oklahoma State have, I think Cincinnati is a good example of a team that, that could kind of fill that power vacuum. I think K-State right now is at an impasse where, if we don't get our act together here in the next two to three years and really, you know, compete for a big 12 title, but also appear in a big 12 title and hopefully win it, you know, it it could go any direction at this point of who fills it, because I think we have an opportunity to fill it. And if we don't fill it within the next two to three years, I think some of those schools like Baylor uh, or BYU or Cincinnati coming in from the outside could potentially fill it or, or the schools that have more resources money wise. So 
it could kind of go either way. And, and I'm kind of scared with the direction things are headed with, with coaches being paid what they're being paid, like Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley. But I don't know. I think it's kind of an open question at this point, but K-State's got an opportunity here. Definitely. We'll go to uh, Chris next. Chris, who's going to fill the power vacuum once Oklahoma and Texas lose? Yeah, it's pretty hard to argue. I think the number one team uh, that has the potential is probably Oklahoma State. Um, I think they're right up there to potentially grab it. Um, might be a little worried that Cincinnati, a newcomer, could come in um, and kind of fill in the void too a little bit, especially depending to see how they do in the uh, playoff. Like, say they pull off the upset at Alabama and they make it to the national championship. Um, I think that could get them a lot of exposure uh, to uh, recruits and uh, whatnot. So uh, that could make a big impact. Um, I don't think, I think BYU is going to be kind of just what they are. I think they'll be pretty competitive in the big 12, but I don't see them competing for the big 12 championship right away. Um, with that said, I think we can, we're poised to, I think we, we can still compete. Um, I, I would, I would like to say us too as well. I mean, obviously, but um, I think it'll be tough next year. I don't think, I, I think if we are kind of in that three to four to five spot next year, that's pretty successful. Um, but uh, I think that's about how, how high we can get next year, uh, especially with just trying to figure out our, quarterback situation um but i would probably say it, oklahoma state and baylor are the current teams to kind of fill that void in the big 12 and then as far as the new guys i think uh cincinnati is could re wreck some havoc in the new big 12 there you go all right we'll go to aaron to close it out but before we do want to shout out our sponsors mybookie.ag promo code sports drink for 100 100 deposit match uh, you know, they're, they're the book we are rocking with day in, day out. They always have great bonuses going over there. Symbol, if you want to invest in sports, get in the market, use promo code BOYS. Your deposit is risk-free if you decide the market's not for you or if you lose money in the market, you know, they will refund you no questions asked against the stock market for sports. Get over there and check them out. Of course, Spotify Green Room. We're going to be going live, you know, if you're listening to this on the RSS feed, uh, you know, you would have already heard it, but we're going to have a quick take, hot take reaction after this Marquette game. Then, you know, when there's enough football news, we're going to do midweek football shows as well. So, Aaron, final question goes to you, and we're going to call it a night until the basketball game. Who's going to fill the power board when Oklahoma and Texas leaves? Yeah, so the short answer is no one, and that's okay. You know, in the in the last 10 years, we have more Big 12 wins than Texas and, and just as many, if not more, Big 12 championships in the last 20 years. So, you know, lumping them in with Oklahoma, I, I just think is not doing them any favors because Oklahoma, you know, you take them out of the equation, I think it's all the above, right? Cincinnati, BYU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, K-State, Texas Tech. One of the worst-kept secrets about the Big 12 it's the most competitive conference top to bottom. And I think that's going to show through without Oklahoma. Texas is completely irrelevant on the field. It's all the off the field money and the boosters. That's all anybody cares about with that university. On the field, though, it doesn't matter that they're leaving the conference. Oklahoma, you take them out. It'd be like taking KU out of the Big 12 in basketball. People would look and go, oh, my gosh, there's parity. There's all these different schools winning. 
I would love to see in the next five to 10 years, five to 10 different Big 12 champions. I think that'd be great. So again, I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think parity and all the above, I think it's going to be great for the conference long-term. All right. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. All right. That's what that we're going to call a night for football chat. Um, again, uh, I don't think there is a midweek basketball game next week. So we'll be going live. Uh, I don't know, probably Wednesday at 7 PM, uh, got some stuff going on. So stay tuned for that. We're going to always have fun over here on Spotify green room. Hopefully everyone got to listen to a fun quick take, hot take, of K-State baiting Marquette, um, or it's going to be a sad one. Uh, that's a big game. So we love you guys. Thank you to the 23 to 25 guests who listen in. Thank you to everyone who was not up on stage chatting in the chat room, and thank you to everyone who hopped up on stage. We love you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, you know, this is the time to give. Make sure to give to the charitable causes that are in your heart. Spread a little joy this holiday season. We love you guys, and again, Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, by gosh, by golly, it's time for mistletoe and holly. Tasty pheasants, Christmas presents, Countryside's covered with snow Oh, by gosh, by jingle It's time for carols and Kris Kringle Overeating, merry greeting From relatives you don't know Then comes that big night Giving the tree the trim You'll hear voices by starlight Singing a yuletide hymn Oh, by gosh, by golly It's time for mistletoe and holly Fancy ties and granny's pies And folks stealing a kiss or two As they whisper Merry Christmas It's time for mistletoe and holly Fancy ties and granny's pies And folks stealing a kiss or two As they whisper Merry Christmas Podcast Network.